Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You're tuning into the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hey there, Z Nation fans! Welcome to another edition of the AfterBuzz Recap Show. Today we're talking about Episode 6, Resurrection Z. Oh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> well, they're playing the actual theme, so that's the, uh, that's the bullets. So oh, like in my heart. <laughs> yeah. You are going to get cover it right. this episode. Get it right. How are you guys doing tonight? I'm very sad. I'm doing great. You know who I want to know more about how they're doing tonight? Yes. We will introduce them, but joining me on the panel first, Katie Cullen. Hi, all my buddies. Zach Wilson. Hey, guys. Guys, I'm your host, Megan Salinas, and today we have not one, but two very special guests joining us in the studio tonight. We have director John Himes joining us. He was the director for this episode. And then we also have Tom Everett Scott, who plays Garnett. (laughs) We're so sad. (laughs) This is going to be a somber interview. This is going to be very sad. No, we're going to be making terrible jokes the entire time. That's horrible. Can we play uh, Enya throughout the rest of this? (laughs) (laughs) Someone queue up like, no, 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 only time. Queue up only time. (laughs) This entire recap will just be a eulogy. (laughs) But it is a very, it's a very different episode because it starts in one place and it ends in a completely different place. It starts kind of apart from the creepy church, it kind of starts with this sense of hope with our group coming to what seems to be sort of a safe haven, albeit kind of suspicious a little bit because no weapons are allowed inside, so that's clearly a hazard in the zombie apocalypse. But, like, it seems to be a good place where they can unwind for a little bit and then it just ends on such a dark note. What what was your guys' reaction when you when you were sitting down and going through the script on this one? I I mean, you go first. I I, I I saw. I knew it was coming. I did. I honestly did. We joked before that that I wasn't supposed to die until that. And we found out that day when I asked for a raise. Oh. <laughs> but no, I knew it was coming, and um, I, I'm just a big fan of the show and the scripts, and you know, so uh, I thought it was very well written, very well done. I was glad I was going out on on that note because I thought it was cool. Yeah, I agree. I thought. I mean, first of all, I love just the. Uh, concept of the episode the whole kind of suicide zombie um cult and that that whole terrorist aspect so i thought that the central conceit which this was written by craig angler and carl schaefer i thought that that whole idea was great i thought it was a good um 
it was a good concept to send Garnett out on because, you know, he had really become the protagonist. And I think the viewers of the show in general were probably believing that he was there was he was pretty safe. So I think that the you know, Carl really was working with those ex you know, expectations of the viewers and, and I think the one thing working on the show that we got to know is that uh if you're ever trying to like if the audience ever is feeling safe, that's you know that's kind of a place you want to have them so that you can then like pull the rug out from under <laughs> them. Like no one is really ever safe on the show, and anything that seems utopian is always going to end in flames and tears. And that's like <laughs> that's kind of part of the the quite frankly dark comedy of the show. But it's also I, I like the fact that this is a show that can be sometimes really broad comedy and and real just like grindhouse entertainment, but that in an episode like this, certainly of the ones that I'd worked on up to this point was the most emotional of yeah. the episodes and that they could be dramatic and you could have these character moments. And I thought like what Tom and Kalita Smith did in this episode is really, you know, great acting and really sold that stuff. Yeah, that's that's kind of the the interesting thing about this particular series is that the emotional weight is increased with every episode that we get. Because I thought last week's episode um, with Warren's character was really emotionally driven, and then this week just topped it with uh, with our goodbye for for Garnett and everything like that. So I agree that the episode five was a good setup for that, um, and. I, I generally get that feeling from the people that that are working on the show as they're reading the scripts as well. Like, you know, the people working on the show, makeup artists and everybody, you know, and everyone starts talking about it. You start kind of getting a feel, of, oh, maybe the audience will also feel this way. And it was it was episode five that really started to feel like, oh, there's some, you know, we're making some some inroads into the, the emotion of the show and the cast. And like, you know. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I directed one and two, but I actually don't think that the show really reached that level until four. I yeah. thought I thought four was a really good episode. I think the Doc. stuff with Doc and yeah. the stuff with 10K, you know, that was the first time where <clears throat> I think the show kind of was able to let pe- give people an idea of what it is, what it will be, which yeah. is that it is about characters and that you're going into, you're going to learn about these characters, that everyone has these stories that led them to this point, and that is... And ultimately, just like any show, you want to watch. I mean, plot is interesting and, and uh, you know, action and all that is fun. But killing zombies is going to get old real quick. It's really got to just be about the characters and, and how much you care about them. So I feel like four is when that started to happen. Totally. I thought five was, was a great setup. And I think this one, you know, I think if people have given the, the show a chance up to this point, these are the ones where you kind of hook them. And I think the next few episodes really um, really hang on to that well too that's awesome and it's it's such a great dynamic too because we we have the emotional weight you know that goes with these episodes but then we can also play around and have a zombie tornado you know tearing through town and everything like that it's a lot of fun sharks (laughs) yeah well I mean that's the thing is you should I mean as any time it gets dramatic then something then there's comedy is mixed in or you know and, and I think that that is that is what makes the show fun for lack of a better word is that it really is just it's there to entertain you to kind of it to move fast it is never a slow moving show it's always i mean this episode i thought the setup the first act was like the slowest 
first act we've had of any episode. Yeah, but, but, it, but that's because it like then goes crazy. It was setting it up. Yeah, yeah. right, right, introducing everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was like well, this really kind of slow expositional first well, act. Even during the slow setup, and let, let's go ahead and talk about it. The slow setup. There's still this very big sense of dread and uneasiness because one of the first thing we see in this episode is this church with all these people wearing upside down crosses. Which <laughs> if if you are religious, you're like um, nope, 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 nope. That's nope, unsettling. No. Um, it's not a pot. No, it's supposed to <laughs> yeah. go the other right. way. No, do the do the. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to hang it like that. Like when you all. invert, when you invert a symbol, it means the opposite. Do you have any idea of what you're implying? <laughs> we had a hard time finding a church that was going to let us hang the upside down cross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I wonder why. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> But you have to cleanse the entire place yeah. afterwards. And I, I don't know what sort of influences went into the writing for this particular episode, but I got a very, like, children of the corn feel from this particular cult. And, you know, granted, that's very cultish for, for anything like that. But that specifically, because with with that particular cult, you know, when the kids got to be a certain age, they axed the kids. And it's very similar with this. It's like, oh, good, you get to be enlightened. You get to be a zombie now. Isn't that great for you? And it's just like, <laughs> ah, no. Well, just... I, th- I think that's a good, interesting reference because I, th- I think some of that also has to do with Brian Sutherland who played, um, who Jacob. played Jacob. Because his performance is very he's so children of the corny. He is. He's so <laughs> smiley. Yeah, and that smile and his. I mean, the one hair. thing that he brought to it, like the first thing that that he found himself about that character was that parted in the middle hair. Like oh. he, he showed up on set with his hair. He's like, I've decided this is my hair. Like, <laughs> very like James Cagney in Public Enemy Number yeah. One. Like, <laughs> Uh, it's that it. always smiling. Yeah. Never, nothing shakes his faith, and you're like, "That's disturbing." He's a Stepford Smiler. Yeah, <laughs> smile all the time. Was, and it's creepy. He was honestly a, a blast to have he around. Fun, like, yeah. He was absolutely hysterical and like, um, and great and just perfect. And that was actually interesting because we had cast uh, or auditioned a bunch of different people for different cult members, and actually. There was another guy who was going to be Jacob, and then and it wasn't until uh, we randomly saw Brian's audition said, ah, "I think this guy, this guy has it." Um, and then we moved whoever we originally cast that. We moved him to one of the other cult member um, positions. But uh, he just there's something like you say about that that smile, that kind of unflinching uh, positivity, and that was what we just, and. Actually, he told us a funny story. He's from Seattle. All those, all the cult guys, uh, Brian and uh, a lot of the actors and, we got were from. Yeah, Seattle, David yeah. Hogan, who played Patrick, and uh, it's so there was like three of the main cult guys all drove from Seattle. And basically, did he tell you this? About I don't know. What story is this going to be? They, they basically, like, for the entire drive, were just reading scripture and just like, oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just, like wow. having 
creepy culty scripture, oh, and like they boy. were just in character for the entire four-hour drive from Seattle oh to Spokane. <laughs> That's terrifying. It's a bit actory for me. I don't know if I could do that. No method. Yeah, it's just one way to get in character. Get it was, yeah, when I, it was you know, there's. Yeah, that's a long ride. I mean, that's <laughs> something to be said for the movie magic. <laughs> yeah, well, you it's know. gonna be weird when you get out of the car after four hours of that. And you're just like, praise, what? brother. What yeah. kind oh. of headspace are you in when you walk out of it the car? It gave them that lovely glint in their yeah. eyes. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like Southern <laughs> Baptist gone horribly, terrifyingly wrong. Ew. Everyone yeah. is welcome, whether you like it or not. <laughs> Julian was the other great. one. He, Julian was he was the other member of the in the car ride. Oh, okay. Julian, who played uh, name is escaping? Who, who's which is the one who jumps on the desk uh, and the first? Guy. Oh yeah, oh. that dude, the big dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, is Patrick? Was that his name? No. What was he? There's Jacob Patrick. I'm, I'm, uh, but the guy who jumps really on the table Catholic is great. Games. Yeah, I'm, I'm, forget, <laughs> I'm forgetting the, the casting. But yeah, the first guy to commit suicide, who was. Um, he gets blended in the face. He gets the blender in the face. Yeah, that, that guy was, was amazing. amazing. It's one of my favorite. Yeah, and, and actually, I think my other favorite part about this episode was that in most of the episodes, it is like our characters and then anonymous zombies. But in this episode, it's basically all these people who are, you know, living, and then we see them turn, and then yeah. by the and we see all these people who we saw pre-zombie, and then we see them their zombie. And yeah. so it was because every, and basically everyone you saw as a zombie who's a main zombie you saw pre Z. Yeah. And so that became a real like interesting and kind of funny thing on set too. Is like how are you going to do your zombie? Oh man, you know, it was like, so nerve wracking yeah. because I knew that I had to do mine at the end of the thing, and I was right. watching all these other actors like do their zombie and do it really well, and I was like. <laughs> Oh jeez, I haven't really even thought about this. Like, how, yeah, how am I going to do it? And the guy who played the major, like, who was my friend, who was like the leader of that. Mm -hmm. Joe, yeah, yeah, right, Joe, right. He did major such Williams. an major Williams. He did such an amazing job as a zombie. He was just so <laughs> good. And and I was like, man, how'd you do that? And he's, oh well, I just kind of thought about it. And he had this whole like long explanation for it that he just then put into his performance. Like, just gave it a hundred percent. So I was really intimidated to be a zombie. <laughs> but it was, right? And didn't he say, I remember what he had said. Uh, he said his character was like really like, you know, a, a type, right. a type A personality. And that he would be in purest form like a real predator, kind of like. He'd be a type A zombie. Type A zombie. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. like, I'm going to go out there and eat those guys. So he was very like Velociraptor in his <laughs> approach. Yeah. Zombie Velociraptors. They can open doors. Oh, <laughs> zombies cannot open doors. <laughs> they have to. They knock. can knock. <laughs> that was. Great. I don't think we've. It's the first five minutes of the first episode, and we're still not over that zombie knocked on the door. <laughs> That's just not okay. Well, and it happened again this time around. Well, that's they kind of, true. They kind of bang into the that's door. True. That's, you know, that's boom, true. That's that's true. That was boom. more of a banging yeah. as but opposed that, to a polite knock. Yeah. Like in the there was certainly some banging on the inside. Oh. 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 What is that? I don't understand. 
understand what you're uh, you, you and Kalita. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's like the problem. You're not supposed to do that, right? That was my my major mistake. Oh uh, uh, yeah, mistake. horror movie. You can't have sex yeah. in a horror movie, otherwise yeah. you're gonna bite it. That's right. Well, you can't have good. No, no, no. Sex. That's the... no, no. It was good for her. He was eating out. Right. <laughs> and that <laughs> men learn how to do that. And we got our learn how to do week. it well. Oh, yeah, it didn't, I don't even know if you had been. I don't. Didn't appear that you had been taken care of yet. Right. On your, I think you were. You know. You were. She was just a receiving. She should have died. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, you had he was got being it. a gentleman. He was. You he took was. care of the lady and first, he, and he died. What did he died get for it? Yeah. Well, that was self-sacrificing from that same woman. That was self-sacrificing, which was also gentlemanly and heroic, and everything you expect the main character head. of a horror Let's movie to be. That's very. That's I think it's very much in line with Garnett's character that he that he would be a gentleman. In the sack that way. That's right. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, both of those and things are, are in others. character. Yeah. Like yeah. him obviously taking guy, so care of other people. <laughs> <laughs> and then taking a bullet for someone. Both of those things are what we yeah, come right? to expect from this character. Yeah. yeah. As heartbreaking as it is. Yeah. I like that character the way he was written. I mean, it started off where he was like really not able to, to help put down this woman at the camp in the first episode, you know, because he'd like mm-hmm. seen too much. And then to have to like step up and be the leader after Hammond had done like this really bang up job of being like this total like leader and, and, uh, alpha guy. And, uh, yeah. So, so, and then, you know, just having to take over that role for Garnett, it, it was a fun thing to play. It was a fun arc to follow. Yeah. It was funny because the editor who, the guy who cut, um, this episode, it was his first. He was his first episode on the show, and the guy who cut six, yeah, huh. and um, he oh, uh, nice job. He did very he nice. Did. Mm-hmm. He did. Eric Anderson is his name, and he. But when he did, went got to that part, when I watched his first assembly, he had kind of um, cut it in a way where it looked a little more accidental that you've been shot. He's like, oh. I just don't think that. He's like, it didn't. It didn't. It, Makes sense that he would jump in front and just take the bullet. I'm like, no, no, that's this character. Definitely, that's the point of the character. He is going to take the bullet. Like that has to be how it's done. And I think uh, anyone who watches the show and anyone who writes for the show knows like that. That is definitely the point. He had he was he he had a mission. He was national guardsman. He's definitely you know going to be yeah mission all the way. Fall on the grenade kind of thing. Right, fall yeah, on the grenade. Yeah, you gotta so, do it. So it was a heroic it was a heroic death. It was yeah. cool. Yeah. If you're gonna go, it was actually a pretty good way to go. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. No, no, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> there could have been so many words. No, no, there could be. No, I am. I am sad because it was a fun group to to be with. So, but um, yeah, there could have been much worse ways to go. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. It could have been like. Yeah, it could have been like the guy in could Jurassic Could have been like had a blender in your face. Oh, could have had yeah. a blender in the face. Yeah. yeah. Although I think Which, that would have been cool. I think yeah. that highlights the other thing I really like about this particular episode is with the 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 weapons being taken away from everybody when yeah. they enter into <clears throat> Provincetown. 
just because they have a strict no weapons policy because they've had issues in the past. It's easier to just have everybody check their weapons and have nobody armed on the inside because that causes problems. Is the creativity that had to go into, okay, how do we kill these zombies when all of our weapons are stuck in there? And just the, the creativity with the egg beater and literally throwing the book at zombies. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. And like I think that really highlights the difference between our crew of people who have been traveling and who have had to take out zombies as a matter of survival and these people who have lived in this very safe, non-weaponized town. The people who haven't had to kill zombies before are absolutely panicking. They don't know what to do. And our characters are like, well, gotta improvise. Get the book. (laughs) (laughs) Grab the book. Right. And it was... And 10K. 10K knowing what's up. Yeah, he was very observant. He's sharp, yeah. He, he knew exactly right away something was wrong uh, when somebody got up and left. He he knew what was up, and he, he had the good sense to follow her when she left. I thought that he, he, he thought she was cute, like when he first saw her. <laughs> and then in the cafeteria, when he, she stood up and he followed her, there was music that told me that that was not the case. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, but, but, you, but you're right, though. Like, what, that's the idea, is that, because this was a point of discussion, uh, when we were cutting in a discussion with Carl, because it's like when she first comes in, he does think she's cute. Like right. he's looking at her at the at the fence, and he's you know, right. you know, giving her eyes. And then, but when he's in there in the mess hall, and they're kind of talking, and then two of them stand up. At that point, he they, sees that as a move. He sees something weird there because we were deciding on the music cue there and talked to Carl. I thought it was I, very good, and I was like, hey, he at this point he's now it's like French Connection, right? Like he's like. What's going on? He's staking this out, and Carl was like, "Yeah, totally." Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, we we were deciding whether because you could have played it like he followed her because he still was like, "Cause it's like, oh look, romantic comedy." Sure, sure, sure. Right, but (laughs) not at all what we're in. (laughs) I don't know how to people, but man, she's pretty. (laughs) Yeah, and it's like there's a certain point where you can't have the characters that behind the audience. I mean, the audience all knows what they're up. They're up to no good. So yeah. it's like if we're going to play him, how long can you play him stupid for before it get it that it can be like a Hitchcock move, but it can also be irritating for an audience yeah. where like, dude, don't she's clearly crazy. Do not follow her. You, you got to be careful with that dramatic irony. It's like right. you don't want to annoy anybody, but you also want to build that tension. Right. And it makes sense for him to be the one to pick up on it because he's been in so many survival situations even before the and apocalypse happened. All those He'd weapons that one. he had to check. The, ch- <laughs> the chain. The chain in his pants. I'm like, how did you... Where was that? Didn't that hurt? Okay, never mind. That was you our know, spinal just, tap okay. moment. <laughs> I mean, Tenke ten like is, I think, the most astute member of the group. Oh, like, yeah. he's just like, he's always watching. He's like, ready. He's like, okay, there's zombies. Oh, the head's alive, too. I'm going to take that one out. Which, yeah. what's his count up to? I think it's like one, th- I think when they're rolling into Provincetown, it's like 1,954. Yeah. 900? Was it that high? Yeah, 1,954. Wow. If I heard correctly, I might have heard. I might have missed I can't it. even remember myself. <laughs> he's almost at 2K. Yeah, he's a fifth He's guy. getting there. <laughs> Good for him. He's got a lot of bullets. <laughs> he does. He does. But, you know, talking about the whole weapons thing, like, <clears throat> it was definitely made it a lot more fun to take everyone's weapons away from a suspense mm-hmm. position. And then, and I even feel that, like, in epi- episodes we did later, it was always like, can we take their weapons away? Can we have them run out of bullets? It's always, like, so much better when they're not armed because then... 
then you feel some tension. When and then it's always fun to have them like blow the hell out of everybody, but it's you do you do need to manufacture ways to make them vulnerable. And uh I mean I remember in that that bit where everyone grabs a weapon, uh, Doc, you know, Russell Hodgkinson was 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 carrying like this rubber heat. <laughs> when we did the first uh take, he just grabbed like this rubber spatula. And then <laughs> and, and then he's like, Okay, let's uh you know, I gotta get something good. I'm like, No, no, let's let's run with that. Yeah, he's and carrying yeah. it and it's and covered it, in blood and I'm it, like, What did he really do with that? No, it's covered in jelly. jelly. Yeah, <laughs> it was like in the jelly or something. Oh. That's funny. Man. And yeah, he lit- and so he literally every scene he's like, "Can I ditch him?" I'm like, "No, let's, let's hang Keep on it. to the hang on to the spatula." Security spatula. And then you guys remember with the books we were trying to debate like at first they'd given yeah. uh the prop guys had given you guys like chair legs and stuff. Yeah. And it seemed like that was just too effective a weapon. <laughs> so we went for uh, we went for the, like went really for the books improvisational. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Because again, these are seasoned veterans. So if yeah. like if you give them a chair leg the size of a baseball bat, of course they're going to be able to take out. Yeah, zombies, that's easy. No problem. That's easy. A but yeah, is... you give them a book, and then they have to get a little bit more creative. It's the King <laughs> James Bible. I'm going to put it to use. That's right. <laughs> the book is a pretty good weapon. Did you guys have any favorites? Like, I don't know, without too much spoilers, because we got a lot. Of episodes left, but so far, have you had any big favorite r- ridiculous weapons? I mean, the Z Whacker's by far. Yeah, my that's the best. Weapon. Yeah, I mean that that's the fun one that just keep like keeps coming back. Um, yeah, did they did they get it? I, I didn't. Yeah, they really did. Yeah, she had yeah. it at the yeah. end. She okay. picked it up off the ground. Actually, Got now it. that okay. we're talking about it, I'm wondering: were any of those books Bibles? No, they were encyclopedias. They were right? actually encyclopedias. Ah. Although I know, like, someone on Twitter. Uh, thought of it as a Bible. I'm like, hey, what? sure. I mean, the irony would have been pretty hilarious yeah. if that had been the case. <laughs> I've seen Bibles that big. Yeah. They but do come in do a lot size. of damage. If you've ever dropped one on your foot, they hurt. Knowledge is power. <laughs> I was just thinking of uh, the Born Ultimatum. <clears throat> where he there's a book fight. fights so the, the guy with, with the, the book. And, yeah, no, the he didn't. He, he's got the yeah. books. Mm-hmm. And he slams the book yeah. in the guy's yeah. neck, and he mm-hmm. he does a whole it's a, like it's a whole book brawl. There was that. Mm-hmm. I remember he had, at one point in that movie he had a magazine, and that was the one that shocked me the most because he like rolls it up and then uses it just like to hit directly in the face. That's awesome. And so, like, I learned that magazines are weapons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Have you seen like Vogue and Seventeen? They're like two hundred pages. They're you need like thick. a yeah. You need a thick one. Mm-hmm. You could do damage like just by hitting fair. someone. I mean, Cat Fancy is not going to do it. You need some <laughs> you need ridiculous beauty tone. Yeah. Yes, right. Nintendo Vanity power. Fair. Nintendo <laughs> power. Aww, that takes me back. And you can scream that while you're hitting them with it. But another really interesting thing about this episode is kind of the journey that Murphy has been on as well. Because he, the makeup for one is really good because as we go on, he just looks more and more ashen. And even the care that was taken with his hair as it's growing back from, from having shaved it, it's growing back in patches. And like, that's really unsettling too. And just how he, you know, how he started off you know, obviously a white collar criminal and he's the one that's been making all these selfish, really funny, but really dark humor jokes this whole time too. And where he ends this episode, it's, it was kind of an odd place for him to end with just him like standing there in front of all those zombies, like going, I am your Messiah. And obviously he was <laughs> doing that to, to take down Pastor Jacob, but man, was it creepy. Somebody's got a theater degree. A theater yeah. degree or a couple screws loose. Six of one, half a dozen of the other. 
Maybe. I mean, you learn pretty good theater skills when you're committing postal fraud. i'm not quite sure how that came about but but that was exceedingly interesting is just to see him kind of embrace what's happening to him i mean i think it's what ultimately will set this show apart from any other shows of the genre is that it is it is an origin story and it is taking the mythology in different directions with that character and what he's becoming and uh that's really that's really the fun of the show and that's you know if the show should it continue i mean that is really what it's about is is taking this established mythology and then pushing it in a direction and interesting bit about keith and that when we the original beginning of the episode was actually everyone's just driving along and it was that dialogue where Garnett and Warren are kind of flirting in the car and, <laughs> yeah. and it was just it was that dialogue that actually happens when they get to the car and they have that that was the only dialogue the part of him peeing in the wheat fields wasn't there and uh, I remember we were shooting this the expositional scene in the mess hall where the group comes in and there's other followers there and I remember Keith who plays uh, Murphy said to me you know shouldn't people be looking at me I mean shouldn't people be staring at me isn't this isn't this weird that I look like this and I was you know you're on the set you're flying I'm like well yeah. it does make sense you're right um, yeah we should have some extras looking at you we kind of did that he was still getting a little he still seemed frustrated that this idea wasn't really represented in the script and he's like what about everyone else I mean wouldn't they be talking about me the group wouldn't they be saying look at this guy and said, you know, I, I don't disagree with you. I mean, I don't have a solution. We're a couple days into this shooting here, and I don't. But you're right. And he says, well, I have an idea. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, okay. And he said, he said, uh, you know, what if? And he kind of pitched the idea of that scene. What if Murphy's like out peeing in, the, in a field? It's a great scene. And, and uh, they're all staring at him. All talking he about him. <laughs> It's just so good. And I said, you know, that's a really good idea. I mean, we're shooting what is supposed to be that scene tomorrow. I'll go talk to Craig and Carl about it. And to their credit, you know, I went to their office after the shoot and said that to them. And they were like, yeah, it's a good idea. And they, Craig, you know, wrote, Craig and Carl wrote a pass of that scene that night and had the pages the next morning. And to me, it's, I really love the scene. It's a really it good scene. It, it sets things up perfectly, the relationship between the group the yeah. group dynamic him outside the group and yet he's still part of the group and you know you kind of do feel bad for him there was some really great stuff written there and and, yeah. uh, and it does come out of the moment uh, Keith is really giving so much to this part and giving so much to this show uh, you know this isn't a guy that anyone really knew about before you know unless you knew about uh his asylum work that he had done before, yeah. you know, but, but uh, it's it's such a coup to have this guy be be Murphy because he's he's passionate about it and he's and he's super clever. Yeah, he has been. Yeah, he's he's grabbed onto the character and you know hung on for dear life, and he's really kind of been the uh, the guardian of his character in a sense. And and like I say, he's and that's what actors do all the time. I mean, all actors are the ones who are kind of that's their department. You know, his department is Murphy. You know, Tom's department was Garnett. I was the head of the Garnett department. You're the head of the (laughs) Garnett department. And when things are not really adding up or something is false, it's kind of up to that department to to bring it to your attention. And uh, and, and Keith, you know, did that was a great example of, of what actors 
do beyond just kind of saying the lines and doing them well is 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 making sure that the character is honest and that everyone's reacting to them honestly. So that improved the show, I thought. Yeah, and it did a really good setup, actually, starting off with everybody talking about Murphy and then, again, ending with kind of Murphy almost saving everybody. You know, we had 10K, obviously, taking yeah. a big part of that. But just that stall tactic, it was enough to basically save everyone. Yeah. And this is a character who we see just minutes before doesn't do that. There's a woman right, right. in front of him, and he moves out of the way mm-hmm. when the zombie's charging at her. And and so we see that he's still afraid, and he we see that he's still really right. concerned about his own life. But there's a reason for that, though, which is, um, I mean, Murphy's character is has been since episode one and, and always is. He's the truth teller. So... He always he is never going to go out of his way to save a person out of compassion. He needs to keep the group alive because they are transporting him to California. They keep him alive. Yeah, yeah. and, and you're, you'll see in later episodes him do even crueler things than what he did to that woman by letting her go. But because she is of no use to him at all, and so... It wasn't necessarily cowardice that he didn't save her. It's like, she's not his problem. And that scene is really about him saying, wow, these guys didn't go near me. You know, yeah. all these zombies just ran that past discovery. him. So, um, so, yeah, he is always has one focus and one mission, and that is to save his own butt. Um, he does develop some connections to the other characters in the group, and there are some things that maybe border on friendship and, and loyalty yeah. that happens there. He plays cards with Doc. We played cards once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Friends-ish. <laughs> this is a good time for a zombie Jesus joke. Go because right I feel like this is a good time <laughs> just for him playing zombie Jesus at the end. Like, yeah. no, I'm the Messiah. Look, yeah. he doesn't fight me. Sweet yeah. zombie and if, Jesus. Which, well, if Preacher Man weren't completely bat-flip insane, they would have been fine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. It's like uh, the idea that you can establish a paradise, like, or just an island of mm-hmm. good-natured people anywhere in the zombie apocalypse, like in this sort of wasteland, this this horrifying world, is tough. And then, but it only takes one. It yeah, takes one nut it takes job, one jerk to ruin it for everybody else. Well, but it was also Joe showing them mercy. And bringing them back in, no questions asked. Because you brought this up, the metal detector should have picked up the little metal blades in the crosses. Yeah. And either they didn't wand them or they didn't pat them down. I mean, if they'd done anything resembling a search, big ol' upside-down wooden cross under your shirt is not going to stand up to a pat-down. But they just let them back in. There's lots of stuff that's sharp besides metal. Could have been any number of materials. True, but them coming back in wearing those things concealed would have been a really big, oh, you're not who you say you are. Um, We're kicking you back out, tip off. (laughs) Yeah, they did a week, you know, they did a bad security job. I mean, look, 9-11 is not really, is less about terrorism and more about crappy airport security. Right, so we did have a former TSA person. Yeah, I mean, yeah, which and it shows. It shows. But that was everyone's decision. It was Joe's to let them in. It was all of these other security people who should have done their jobs. They should have stopped them. Yeah, that was the goof. He shouldn't have let them in in the first place. They brought food. Friends. Well, and they had family that were still in there. They did have food. That was the big point: was that they had friends and family still here. Like when they went to wand the cross, they just popped the strawberries (laughs) in their mouth. (laughs) Just held the fruit basket a little higher. Yeah. (laughs) 
please accept this gift as our apology. And they just reach in there and pull out a strawberry. Why would you keeping on who a strawberry that? under your... Don't question it. Depending yeah, on which of the three it is, it might be a good thing, it might be a bad thing. <laughs> oh. But yeah, so we... It's... It just kind of says a lot, again, about the world that they're, that they're in and the fact that we're traveling across America and just the different people that you are going to come across as you make this journey. And it's, of course, you'd come across a really creepy cult. Of course, you'd come across cannibals and all sorts of other interesting things. But, of course, it's it's nice to see that you would come across good people as well. And I think they make the point that this is the first time they've come across somebody that they they knew pre-zombie apocalypse. And it, it is very interesting, you know, when people's paths diverge like that and you come back together where they're at. You know, they're at completely different points in their lives when Joe and Garnett meet again than they were when they parted ways. Yeah. yeah, and it, it does go along with the theme that of everywhere, this every time this group goes somewhere, they ruin everything <laughs> that they just showed up for. So, you know, Joe had a really nice thing going, and then yeah. he let these guys in, and it, it all we leave ended in flames. In flames yeah. That yeah. wasn't your guys' fault, though. That it was, was, uh, that was yeah. Master Jacob's fault. It's true, it it's was, true, but... Uh, it was going to happen anyway. Yeah, yeah. it seemed like... It was just horrible, horrible timing on their part because yeah. the pastor's plan had absolutely nothing to do with Zombie Jesus and company rolling into town. Right. It was just, it was going to happen anyway. Well, I, and they just happened to be there for it. <laughs> yeah. well, I like the idea of the cult springing up because it felt also very real as well because it's something that you don't get a ton of, but you, you start to see a little bit more. It, it reminded me a little bit of uh, The Leftovers, um, did the big cult thing. Mm-hmm. Because when something supernatural happens that we can't fully explain, and they, uh, what I liked is the, the way that it's framed in this episode with um, Citizen Z talking about, like, we don't know exactly why it happened. Of course, religious cults are going to spring up because religion feeds into questions that cannot be answered. Exactly. That makes perfect sense. And just even going back to Citizen Z saying, you know, maybe we brought this on ourselves. Maybe we had a chance, you know, to make the world, uh, you know, a better place. And we completely screwed it up. You know, maybe this is exactly what we deserve. But at the end of the day, we're still here. And if you survive this, then, you know, we have another chance to maybe remake the world. And again, that's kind of what we have with Murphy is, is it this chance to, to, you know, sort of bring the world out of the ashes or is he turning into something else entirely? It's just, it, I have so many questions. <laughs> it's, it's begging a lot of questions. This, this show It's definitely provocative. I like that. And it's, you know, I mean, like the, the whole thing about the cults and, and, and that stuff I thought was interesting. Um, what will people do when society breaks down? What, what will they do? What will they go to be safe? And what will they lean on? You know, and they're, you're going to gravitate to leaders. You're going to gravitate to leaders who have some kind of you know sway over you. And yeah, it's it's definitely going back to a darker time. Yeah, and, and I think that that is uh, that's always. I think that, I mean I think that's the central idea of <clears throat> any zombie show or any zombie story is. In, in a weird way, the zombies are never the enemy. Yeah, right? no, yeah. The, it's the, always the, other people. The, the people are the enemy and how people react to the situation. And I, and, I, and I think I remember when I read this script thinking if there was a, a zombie virus and anyone who died would become a zombie, this cult would happen. 
Yeah, the, yeah. Of all the things that would happen, there would be the suicide zombie cult. <laughs> right. Like and it just seemed like of power. There would be somebody who, yeah, someone would come up with that idea. Yeah, it, it's a genius idea. I kind of like, you know, as I watched this episode in particular, I did kind of wonder like, what was Jacob's actual goal? He couldn't. Did he really believe it? Was he just into the power? Just having sway. He didn't have a ton of power. He just had a bunch of people who followed him. Right. But he's, you know, what is he angling for? It's a good question. I mean, like, what was Jim Jones angling for? Ultimately, I guess it's on the on the cynical side, it's power. But on the other side, you could say maybe they just truly believe it. Maybe he truly believed this. Right. Yeah. You know? Well, and it crossed over into follow my religion or else. Yeah. Forcibly yeah. so, and that's oh, yeah. like no, in real life. That's where you hit massive, massive issues. Yeah, yeah, maniacal. And most cults, in. I have noticed, and uh, and because I'm pretty interested in cult ideas, they always seem to end. They always seem to end up like the final thing is, well, we're going to do this. It's going to be paradise, paradise. And by the way, I get to have sex with your wife. Scientology, everybody. Scientology. That seems to be where they all lead to. It's interesting that you bring that up, though, because that well, is what Jacob wanted. <laughs> I think he might have been, you know, angling towards that. Yeah. <laughs> that you bring that up because this is a cult and they are saying you know that you will you will know peace and everything like that but they destroy paradise in their wake because this place is essentially kind of maybe not perfect but it's working and it's, but it's not people. their version of paradise yeah. so it's wrong exactly yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he, and he was a little bitter, right? He got he got kicked out. That was so, the other thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, you have some personal." Yeah, a little bit of a bone here. to pick with Joe. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess it boils down to like, because he, he's quoting, taking quotes out of the Bible that seem to feed the cult so perfectly and feed his mission, like about, about coming back from the dead, about like converting others to your, to like helping them see the light. And that's sort of what religion, like religion does is it, it well, especially if you side, want to, well, yes, sure. especially if you intend to, if you're trying to convince yourself or other people, picking out little things out of context like yeah, that exactly. can absolutely feed that kind of fury. It's kind of like using Leviticus to condemn gay people without and while still eating seafood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah, without acknowledging the New Testament and everything like that. That's or, a you know, breaking right the other Levitican laws. <laughs> and then there's uh, Sam stuff. Jackson's speech in Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah true. <laughs> Which well, was totally made up. Yeah. <laughs> you know that? Yeah, oh yeah. That's not, <laughs> but by God, it sounds cool. Did you know they put those Bible verses on Nick Fury's grave in uh, Captain America yeah. 2? Oh, they that's quoted, so funny. That's the Corinthians. They that's put not, the... It's not in your Bible. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, Zombies are in mine. <laughs> Sadly, we are running short on time. Before we go really quick, do you guys have any other upcoming projects that you want to talk about real quick before we go? Nah, just, uh, no, I think everyone should just continue to watch Z Nation despite the fact that my amazing character is no longer part of it, you know? Just drag yourself to the TV. I know that you're bereft. I know that you are <laughs> yeah. in pain. Exactly. So just make sure you see the rest of it. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, will. if you keep watching, you'll know that someone else will die. Oh, great. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. Thanks for that. 
<laughs> I don't know when, and I don't know if it's this season, but you got you have to feel safe knowing that. Well, the the stakes are absolutely raised. Yep. I don't. I'm not going to believe anyone can survive now. Yeah. Well, we this is twice in, in a row we've killed our main character. Yeah. We were lulled into a false sense of security because oh, Doc survived the elevator shaft and the grenade. That's right. And then we had a bullet to the heart, and it's kind of hard to survive that. Why do I feel like Doc's just going to survive everything? <laughs> Doc is zombie Jesus. Murphy's a red herring. Because Doc's the best. I may, yeah. I may come to, to eat to those kill. words later. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm just realizing that I may have just shot myself in the yeah. foot. Or um, in the heart. Oh, hey. Damn it. <laughs> well, um, do, you guys have, uh, do you guys have social media, and where can people go if they want to find out more about you and about the work that you do? I'm on Twitter at Tom E. Scott. Yep, I'm, at, I'm on Twitter at uh, J.R. Himes. All right, thank you guys. You have more time. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Great. Oh, Actually, we have time. Hey. Time. <laughs> All right. Don't know how or why that happened. I know. Awesome. Yeah, usually it's like No hard. one did that for Garnett. Thank you, Booth Guy Steve. <laughs> we the guy didn't pop mercy. out of the wall. Again. We have no more time. <laughs> it's okay, time. Garnett. We have more time. There okay. is no well, Booth Guy in Garnett's life. Nope. So with more time, I'm I'm curious, Tom, because uh, you said you found out before you got the script. Like, yeah. how does that process go when you find out that your character is getting killed? Well, uh, I knew uh, John actually was the one who who uh, told me about the show, and and uh, you know he had had this this uh, job and was working on it, and he called me and said, you know, there's a part for a six episode arc. It's a guy. He, he told me the whole. Okay, so you knew the up whole front story. going. Yeah, into he said, it. you know, this there's going to be. Uh, I think you did. You tell me about Harold back then. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. So, I did. You know, Harold Perrineau is cast. He's going to die in the first episode. He's he's going to be the leader. You're going to take over for him, and then you're going to die in six. And I was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, my son, who's ten, was in the back seat of the car uh, when he called me. It was on speakerphone. And John pitched me the whole series, like right there, told me about the zombies and the stuff, and I was gonna get shot and all this great <laughs> stuff. And I was like, cool, man, I'll read the script. And I hung up. And my son was like, Dad. You gotta do it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're right. So he helped me make that decision. <laughs> so you guys knew John right from the top that this yes. character was meant to die. Yeah, I mean, actually, the entire season was was plotted out uh, before. You know, all thirteen episodes, and even a general arc for season two has has been plotted out before we roll cameras. Now, you know. A lot of things change episode to episode, but those major things absolutely were were set up from the get go. So yeah, we knew yeah, we, and I mean it was yeah it was rough because we liked having like having Tom around. So yeah. Yeah. I mean I was I was sad to see him go. Right, I know yeah. we, were, we were hanging out yeah. up there. Uh, it's good times. We went yeah. to college together. We've been friends for a long time. So we, it, yeah. was, it was a chance to actually just hang out. Yeah, but, we were uh, roommates up there in Spokane. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I lost my apartment mate. I moved. It was too sad to see the empty room there. <laughs> I had, to, I had to move to a different place. Aww. Yeah. Well, <laughs> That's showbiz. Yeah. At least you know from the get-go, because there are other lots of other shows where people don't find out their character dies until they get a knock on the door and or until they actually read the script. And then it's like, oh, I'm dead now. Yeah, that okay. would be rough. I mean, yeah, that, that does happen, too. You don't know well in advance. But uh, I was kind of thinking the reverse. I was, like, in, I was having such a good time up there. I thought, maybe somebody... We'll say, hey, don't kill him off. Yeah. <laughs> He's doing such a nice job. Maybe don't someone will take a bullet for Garnett and yeah. <laughs> ah, every script. Ah, it's a did, did I actually, I don't know if I even ever told you at the time that that was a discussion that was going around. No, really? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah when, when we were, uh, 
when we were doing that episode, I think you told me somebody from. Um, it was like people. It was. It, it was like you know because the asylum was our uh, studio, and then Sci-Fi is our network, and so between the producers and Asylum, and I forget who it was, but I think it was some people from. I think it was probably Asylum. I think were like, and. You know he's you know he's maybe we don't kill him now maybe, <laughs> right, 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 right. maybe he survives or maybe he's like you know hurt just and wing then, him just get yeah. him in the wing and everyone's like yeah yeah you know maybe and then I remember it was someone from Sci-Fi and I don't even think it got to Carl because I think if it got to Carl Carl would be like sorry he's like we <laughs> yeah, got to go and and Carl was like yeah he's got it I think it was Carl actually where well, he's I mean, like he's got to go but he's because he's like we we owe it to the audience like you can't you can't we, back we off can't of back off like that is. Mm-hmm. That is an important point to make mid-season. Is that not only did we kill Harold, and yeah. that you know, Carol Harold could have just been like you know, sort of a uh, like a, t- a the Janet Lee, the black the guy in a horror movie, right? Exactly. <laughs> it, it's it's that. I mean, that was kind of funny. I think I said that to Harold was or when we were. They were like, we're going to cast the star of you know, we need we need to get a guy, a recognizable face, who feels like the protagonist. And uh, Carl's like, yeah, we got this great guy, Harold Perrineau. I'm like, oh, he is great, but now we're just reinforcing yeah. the idea that the <laughs> yeah. black guy's the first to go. But, uh, <laughs> but now the white guy's gone, <laughs> but and now we, we killed the white guy in yeah. charge. <laughs> That's Yay! it. Winner. I yeah. was going to say, yeah. as sad as we are to see Garnett go, it's like, oh, well, Warren's going to take charge now. Woman Absolutely. of color in charge in a horror movie. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. She's, she's, that's dangerous. She's amazing. She's a, <laughs> no, it, that's no, she, she's awesome. a good leader. Yeah, she's she's amazing. I mean, it's kind of funny, too, because on the set, I mean, it, that, that hierarchy exists amongst the actors as well. <laughs> you know, it really did, because when on the first episode... Harold was definitely he set the, the bar the alpha dog you know he uh, and by the way like the coolest guy ever yeah, yeah loved yeah, yeah, him yeah. he just no in a good way you know yeah. he he set the bar high like he came in and he was like he, he was just really prepared he you know if anybody was wondering if this was just going to be some campy zombie thing that we were going to phone in our performances like that first day, Harold looked you right in the eye, and you know, and his performance said, "I'm not kidding around. <laughs> I'm taking this serious. It's gonna be fun, but we're gonna take it seriously." And um, and I think everybody went, "Oh, right. I better look at my script. <laughs> uh, Got to bring my A game." Harold's yeah. killing it. Um, so you're, that's what you mean by he that. really did. He raised everyone's game in episode one, and then and then Harold went down in episode one. So literally, Tom, because there is always one actor who is the you know who's number one on the call sheet? Who's got sure. the best? Tra- who is? And they and however that actor. You almost said the best trailer. The best trailer. I <laughs> yeah. know you did have the best trailer actually. After Harold. After uh, Harold. Harold, is Harold had the best trailer. trailer. Yeah. yeah, and then yours was better than anyone else's, so it's yeah. the best trailer. All that stuff. And Kalita and, had the same size as me, so you could yeah. tell she was going to lead after I went. Right. She had. She had. A, she had a, yeah, she was still in there, but um, everyone is going to follow. Uh, yeah. The lead of that actor. If that actor is um, not a good leader, ornery, then everyone's going to be ornery. If that mm-hmm. actor oh, right. is lazy, it allows everyone else to be lazy. So, but whatever it might be, we had Harold. He was, and then Harold was gone, and then it was you. And yeah. then when you were gone, there was another power vacuum. And yeah, Kalita quite easily sort of stepped into that. She's good, but at it. Yeah. you know, but what you'll find in the show is that while Kalita stepped in, you know. Keith was also the guy standing there with his arms outstretched like the Messiah. Don't think that he's ready to <laughs> take a back seat either. You know, everyone knows how 
important their character is to the show. So yeah. there is not only, there is a when there's a power vacuum, there becomes a power struggle, and that's sort of the interesting arc of the show. Yeah, yeah. oh, that'll be fun. It will be interesting, especially because Murphy and Warren do tend to butt heads, yeah. and usually she can smack him back down. But as we've seen, he's clearly changing. So it's going to be very interesting to see if, if eventually he's like, no, I'm calling the shots now. Well, in so. every episode and before this one, everyone is like saving his butt. Mm-hmm. And in this one, he, he sort of... He returned. Yeah, he, he kind of was... In, he showed them that he was able to survive in ways none of them could. Are you eventually going to get everybody on the show? On the, we're on working the, on it. Yeah. We, we are trying. Yeah. We, we, that's the goal. I think we're like halfway there now. <laughs> there is... You got Michael. He came on. Michael Welch. Yeah. You got Nat. Yeah. Anastasia. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah. Yes. Gotta get Khalid. And they, get uh, we did. they were here last week. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Khalid, yeah. Khalid and Khalid and Keith. At the same time. Oh, oh awesome. that's a good group. They're, they were fantastic. They're buds. Yeah. They barely spoke last week. We would love to have them back on. We do have some people who hopefully will be coming back on, and we have some people that haven't come on yet that we're still reaching out to and working on. So stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta get Russ out here somehow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Gotta we get were thinking maybe a call-in, because that's a bit of a ways to travel. Well, yeah, yeah even tough. a call-in. I mean, whatever it is, but yeah. he's... Because Carl called in episode two. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, we, so, yeah, we are very much looking forward to having more guests. And um, and it, it was really great getting to talk to you guys this yeah. week about this week's episode because it was just such a game changer. Everything, you know, we know now what, what the stakes are and we know where we stand. And so it's like, oh, goodness, the show just surprised me quite a bit. So we took a hard left turn there. Yeah, we really did. We really did. But if nothing else, it makes us really excited for what's to come because now, now that the audience is thrown off, it's like, okay, what surprises are going to be in store? So yeah, well, I think uh, I will say that episode seven is completely different and a total blast. It's one of the best episodes uh, directed by Abram Cox. It's a really, really great one. So you guys should have Abram on next week. Oh, if you can get me his information, I, I will get in contact with him. He, he's great. He's a great guy, and he and he's be very entertaining on your show. And he's a great director. And, and his episode, I won't really spoil what it is. I mean, you'll start seeing promos, but it's totally, totally different than any yeah. other episode. I hope well, we sure. get a little bit of comic relief after the end of this one because that went dark. <laughs> well, there Murphy's is. still around, so we're going to get some black comedy at least. There, that's mm-hmm. true. No, it does have that. Well, we have to wrap up, I'm afraid. Uh, is there any final thoughts that you guys want to give on this episode or on the other work that you guys are doing? Or on the series in some cases? Yeah. No, I'm, I just want to <laughs> say thank you for having us on. And, uh, and I have nothing to add now that I'm dead. Oh, <laughs> oh. 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 double dead. Oh, he went down twice. <laughs> yeah, I just say watch next week. Because I mean, we're the the next several episodes really start hitting stride. All right, well, thank you so much. We're very much looking for it. To it, Zach Wilson. Where can the people find you? You guys can catch me on Twitter and Instagram, and also here at uh, AfterBuzz. Not just on Resurrection Z, but on Resurrection later tonight, <laughs> and uh, also tons of other shows, including Doctor Who and Doctor Who Classics. I'm Katie Cullen. You can find me on Twitter and Tumblr at Kiaxet. That's K-I-A-X-E-T. I am also on Doctor Who Classic and Ruby. We're hitting the last two episodes. 
Yes, and I'm Megan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Menguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I'm on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz. Uh, lots with these two, actually. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Can't get rid of Thank us. Thank you both so much for coming in and joining us in the studio today. Thank you guys so, thank so you. much. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. Please go to iTunes, rate, subscribe, all that fun stuff. We will see you guys next time. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.